Welcome back to another weekend of the Trading Triangle. Hey, Kay, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, guys. How are you all? Doing well. Sean, yourself? Yes, very well, thank you. Having a good week, yeah. Look, look at how chipper we all sound despite a brutal week. We, not, I know you guys must have had some rough spots this week, so I'm sure we'll get oh into that. God. I know I did. Um, yeah, the, it's been interesting, tricky markets to trade, so we'll, we'll get into all of that. I'm excited, though. We've got 96 subscribers to the channel, so thanks to all the subscribe. And for those that are tuning in, we need four more. Yep. Four more to get to 100, so please subscribe and uh, be sure to hit the like button below. So it helps us get the word out to others and help them with their trading every week. Um, quick disclaimer, we are not financial professionals, and this should not be construed as financial advice. Um, we might hold some of these positions, but this is all for entertainment and educational purposes only. And uh, we are just three friends here that like to share ideas on the markets and trading ideas with all of you. So thanks again for joining us this week. And uh, again, appreciate everybody who subscribed this far. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a brutal couple of weeks, you guys. Um, just taking a look at things. Let's get the charts pulled up here. And yeah, I mean, it would be nice if we could have, you know, a, a couple of easier weeks, uh, some green candles across the board. But that's a lot of red. You guys help me out. That's a lot of red. It's it's a it's it's a sea of red, right? It's a, sea of red. it's a sea of red, and it's been a sea of red from last two weeks, honestly. Yeah, I and mean, it, and it should not be surprising, right? August is generally right a little tricky. You you have May also, right? Remember when it says sell in May and go away, like for the summer, right? We had a green May because of Nvidia, Zeron. Oh, good point. Really right? good point. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out this time onwards. So you're saying maybe the delay in the selling is showing up here in seasonality. You know, August, September is always kind of rough, yeah. maybe a little rougher because of that. That'd be interesting. Interesting thought there, Kay. How about you, Sean? Um, I know the markets were down. Let's see. Uh, let's just run through the numbers real quick and then toss it over to you. Uh, S&P and the Dow and the NASDAQ were all down over 2% on the week. Russell, the small caps were down 3.4%. So... I'm not loving seeing small caps being down like that. Um, and then Bitcoin was down 10% this week. So really nowhere to run and hide. Um, we have some positive returns on the year still. NASDAQ still up almost 27%. So, you know, fantastic if you've been in it. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Sean, what you, any additional thoughts about last week's trading? I mean, people were asking for the pullback, weren't they? So here it is. They should be uh, thanking, thanking the market for putting back. And if they are going to buy, then... You know, they should probably consider it in, in the coming times. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these people kind of pray for a pullback and don't act on it. So just kind of reassess what you're doing and kind of take control of your portfolio. You I know, I, I think the very good point Sean brought up, right? This, this is a psychological point, right? It's like uh, when the stock market is going up and running up, you are like, oh, I wish I would have bought at those yeah. levels. Now you actually have – take Tesla, for example. When Tesla was at $300 – you were hoping for a pullback and now you have a pullback. The problem is a lot of people are thinking, well, would it go down to $200? Would it go down to $150? Would we hit 101? You know, that's, that's something that you will have to decide for yourself if you really want to get at what levels and build out. That's why you do dollar cost average. When the stock goes up, you DCA. When the stock goes down, you DCA. It's like you're that's talking directly to me about Tesla, okay? Oh <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, speaking of you know fear and, and greed, you know you know people are 
fearful. We're getting close to the fear end of the range. We're at neutral, but we swung quick from greed to neutral here. And uh, we dropped we won the- 19 points. We were 66. When- yes, we were at 66 last week when we were doing this show. Cool. Today we are at 45. Yeah, that's a drop. And it's when people get fearful, that's when you should be greedy, right? That's the saying uh, Mr. Buffett likes to, or I can think everybody else likes to repeat that he said. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah. Uh, or he repeats. So I think it's getting to that point here. We mentioned last week, we're hitting support levels. You want to be taking a look at those and seeing if you see opportunities and finding bounces ahead of the market recoveries. Um, and then, yeah, a good question from Two Hawk over here. I see in the chat. Uh, we're talking about Tesla. He says, have you seen Elon, uh, the Elon animation that appears when you look at the chart on TradingView? That's awesome. I have not seen that. Have you guys seen that? I have not. I have. Yeah, I did it the other day. I thought, what on earth is going on with my chart? And it turns out, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Very much so. And, so uh, Elon, that like an animation appears literally on the chart? Absolutely. Yeah. He, um, right. pops out. he Yeah, he's doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check probably present out. it if you wanted. But. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, I'll be checking that out for sure. Um, anything else to add to this this chart here, Kay, before we keep it rolling? No, I think we are good. Let's keep it rolling. All right. I like it. Got earnings this week. Uh, we mentioned last week all the big names that really moved the market are by and large behind us, but uh, that doesn't mean there's not interesting earnings here. NVIDIA is what I'm mostly looking at Wednesday after the close. Huge market, um, or excuse me, uh, huge in the semiconductor space. And I've been loading up on on names in the semi space. So hoping NVIDIA can have another positive, strong earnings report. We got a huge bounce last time. I'm sure you guys remember that. Um, what other names are you guys staring at this week? I know we're, we've got charts on a couple of these names. We've got a firm here. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I'm personally looking at Zoom. Um, I think Monday. Uh, yeah, Zoom is on Monday after close. Peloton, not f- Peloton and Affirm because they're both kind of connected to each other. Even though um, it used to be the largest uh, commercial partner of Affirm uh, back in the day, now Affirm has much more, you know, um, diversified with a lot more uh, vendors. Uh, those are the ones I think Snowflake is going to be one uh, because Snowflake is generally considered as a competitor of Palantir and uh, Splunk. I think that's another on my radar, but that's pretty much it. Pretty, pretty dry week, I would say, apart from NVIDIA. Anything we missed, Sean? No, not really. That doesn't really excite me much this week, to be quite honest with you. I haven't really looked at the earnings whispers this week. I'm just a bit tired of earnings. I'm just going to give it a couple of, a couple of weeks to <laughs> lay them down low. Obviously, I'll keep on top of the, the results and stuff, but I'm not going to be listening to any earnings calls for a couple of weeks. I've just listened to so many of them. So to, There's only so much you can take. Exactly yep. right, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm focused on NVIDIA Wednesday and Marvell Thursday, both after the close. And otherwise, yeah, kind of quiet week on earnings. Let's keep it going here and take a look at our charts. Um, So first up, SPY. I pulled up a couple of levels here, both to the downside and the upside. Uh, Just wanted to make a few notes right on the, the indicators we've got. We talk a lot about trading levels, but I'm looking at a few indicators this week, the moving averages. Uh, the 20-day moving average, first it got curling over there um, after we broke out of this long range from 2023. So the green lines on the uptrend there, that's the the range we had been trading in. Really broke cleanly last week right out of that range. Broke below the 50-day moving average. That's the second arrow if you're going kind of top to bottom on this chart. And uh, so another kind of negative. If that 20 
uh, day moving average crosses below the 50 day, uh, it's a signal for a little bit longer uh, stretch potentially of downward mo momentum in the SPY. Uh, so a breaking below 444, we talked about that level for weeks, and that was a, you know another key level that we're hoping to hold, and that it's not a good sign. I don't think that we got below it, guys. I'm not thrilled about it. So downside targets I've got listed are 429. Um, looks like we had some resistance there prior, uh, or you know prior in the year around May, I think it was. Yeah, May timeframe, and then 423 below that's where we've got a gap to fill. Um, the 150-day moving average kind of comes up right at that 423 level. So I would hope that that is as far as a damage, um, as far as a drop in damage we would see. Um, but, you know, that's that's just in the next week or so I'm looking at. I'm not really pulling out, looking at the bigger picture. Um, so, yeah, a few targets there. Oh, yeah. And then the last two indicators, MACD and RSI, both uh, giving off negative signals. So MACD just below the mid-range point there, turned negative. And RSI at the bottom of the range, so very weak relative to um, what we've seen. Store, you know, I guess it's re relatively weak. Let's put it that way. And so there's could be buying opportunity here, but I think there's still room to drop. Um, so with that, I hand it over to you, Sean. What do you think? Are you feeling bullish or bearish this week? I'm um, I'm feeling a little bit of both. So obviously bearish, we can see the recent price actions. Obviously, obviously, of course, red. Um, but we did have a nice Friday, in my opinion. We kind of went down in the kind of last couple of hours. We kind of pushed up, which might represent a bit of buying power coming in last last uh, last couple of hours, of course. Um, but that that needs to continue in the next couple of days for in order to have actually good volume. It makes sense. Yeah, good volume, very good volume. Obviously, like you say, the, the RSI down there looking pretty tasty as well. Um, but generally, if you just look at the chart like this, you can see it kind of. It came down to that 50 million average line, which is the light blue line, and kind of bounced off of that a little bit, come back up to test of the um, trend line, and, just, and then it just failed, basically. It really it did. Failed. Um, but, I mean, the RSI could easily come back up to 50 with a few like, kind of you know, flat days, pretty much, couldn't it? So you could not even see a bounce at all. Um, but, yeah, I think holding 429, even 430, to be honest, could be, could be a good, good place to kind of hold around, maybe bounce. But that's all I really kind of see. Right. I mean, psychologically, that so that translates to 4,300 on the S&P, right? And I think that's a, a key psych level. Do you see anything in the option side to support that, K? or anything you would add? Yeah. So I think um, uh, this past week, our protocol was on the SPY was 1.72. Next week, it's 1.87. So it's more bearish next week. Uh, however, then when you go the following week, it's 1.66 and the following week, it's one. So suddenly you see a lot more call options, not the next week, the week after that, and then after that. Um, and then, you know, generally there is always more hedging going on on the um, on SPY and QQQ. So you always have more put options open. But generally what we have seen is that it's like about 1.75, 1.85. Right now, overall, it's over two. So there's a lot more hedging as opposed to maybe a couple of weeks ago. And which makes sense because, you know, you were in the greed section, right? right. You were 65, 75, 80 points. Now you're down to what, 45 points? So... That we can see it in the options play. Yep. Still looking a little bit, uh, I don't know, negative is not the right word, but uh, defensive. I think defensive is the word. So jumping over to the queues and looking at the tech side of the house, I did the same kind of chart this week here. Noted the break in the uptrend, um, a lot of similar stuff, and I flipped it on one side and did not flip it. There we go. 
we got the cues here. So um, let's see here. So yeah, um, looking to get a recovery back above 370. And that's the where the 50-day moving average is. It would be nice to see it, but we've got the same curling over the 20-day. And we got some downside targets, right? We've got 348 where we had some support previously had been tested and kind of launched off of that level. And then below that, we've got a gap and that 150-day moving average that I like at around 333. Um, so the Qs, you know, heavy in the big tech, uh, of course, uh, been under some pressure. And those names have run really strongly this year. So if they continue to sell off, I think that they're, you know, this this could have a steeper sell-off than uh, Spy, for example, just because of the massive run it's had. What do you think about that? I, I I tend to agree with you. Obviously, the QQQ does move a lot faster than the kind of spy because of the tech element, of course. Um, but I actually have a different level here. I've got three fifty-seven, um, which is kind of just above, just below actually, technically where we are now. Just because of the resistance, you can see kind of uh, in between me and K. If you kind of go upwards, you can kind of see that resistance point there. Um, and it, it seemed pretty solid to me. Looking back in the chart as well, like kind of a couple of years or maybe a year or so and um but yeah i have that level and it, we can see similar to what i mentioned on the, on the spy the kind of buying that we saw on on friday obviously this doesn't look like that much uh, buying actually happened but you can see obviously like the, the volumes come in rsi is low again but i don't know i think a nice high or low would be good here i could be putting my bullish hat on of course but but generally yeah i mean you can see a gap down there and you can kind of see the 150 i imagine the 200 would be kind of sort of the same area um Surely not, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that the big the buying that came in on Friday came after a big gap down, right? And so just filling that yeah. gap basically, um, and, and not a overly promising day. I, I I'm happier to see that than a red candle where we just continue to sell off. Um, I guess to show some support there. I like your 357 low. It okay, felt like that all week, though. Sorry, just to button again. But oh, it yeah. felt like that all week. Every day I would look at the futures and it'd be kind of, oh, it's a little bit green, nice. And then the whole day it would just sell off. I'd be looking at my phone, like kind of throughout work. I'd be like, oh, great, of course, they're still going down. <laughs> and it just felt <laughs> like that Monday to Friday. And obviously Friday you get a little bit of optimism. Maybe it's because of Friday and no one's really kind of in the office. But yeah, sorry, Kay, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I think, however, uh, the sentiment is a little different on the option side. So we ha- it's a lot more bearish on the SPY. Versus QQQ, our last week put to call was 1.36. So that was about 1.3 million put options versus only 961,000 call options. Next week, however, it's only 1.07. Interesting. Yes. And the following week is 0.85. Is this the NVIDIA effect? I don't don't know. I don't know. Because if you have noticed, if if you, uh, maybe TradingView has a good feature that you can actually get the price range down. You have a much bigger fall already in the last three weeks for QQQ as opposed to what you have in SPY. Because SPY also has a lot more healthcare. Healthcare had a decent run. You had energy had a decent run. Like ExxonMobil is back up to over $109. So I think QQQ has a lot more. We have already seen a lot more reds in QQQ from last three weeks, especially the big ones, Apple. Apple actually held pretty well. We don't have Apple this week covering, but Apple held pretty well. I was thinking Apple will go down further. So a lot more. I see the sentiments are at least bullish on the options chain. Well, that's interesting. Definitely. I'm wondering if NVIDIA has a lot to do with that or 
as you mentioned, maybe just those names have sold off enough at this point. Exactly. That we might be at a key level. You mentioned 357, and if that's the case, and we get the bounce there, I'm going to have to add that level, Sean. Right. Yeah. So I think it's a good time to segue over to you and your charts. Take it away, Sean. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Neo. <laughs> Sorry, I was miles away. I just write down notes. Anyway, so, yeah, we have Neo here, of course, and we have a monthly overlaid on top of the weekly. Um, I've taken a bit of a step back, a little bit more of a long-term view here. Um, I've said pretty much for the last three to four months that my, my price target for the year is 20 to 22. It's more of a bit of fun than an actually educated um, price target, of course. But there's a few things I mentioned on this chart, and we can see the trend line on the weekly chart on the right there. Um, and we have obviously a dip below that, kind of down to kind of 1067-ish. Um, this is a port line that I have at 1055, so we might touch that, might bounce mm. off of that in the coming days, of course. But we're, we're still on the weekly. We have a chance of coming back up to kind of reclaim that trend line, um, of course. And then obviously we're on the 50-month, 50-week uh, moving average as well. So there's there's space to kind of bounce there a bit as well. Um, obviously, registrations might help that on Tuesday, but macro generally is not helping the situation at all. We've got China and obviously yeah. the sell-off and then the spine of QQQ, of course. Um, but the two catalysts I can see coming up for, for Neo is obviously earnings, which is the orange line you can see coming down vertically there. And obviously the, the monthly delivery, see if we can get another a 20K plus month, which would be absolutely outstanding back-to-back 20K month um, deliveries, which looks to be on course to do so. So that's that's good news. That's, that's exciting. And the other thing I want to mention here is the monthly here on the left. And you can see I, I kind of circled a kind of projected um, hammer candle. And we can see that's where the buyers come up and it closes the candle you know, quite high, um, showing that the buyers have come in and kind of close that candle with a bullish momentum. Now, this is what I'm kind of uh, hoping for, if I'm completely honest with you, for this monthly candle. Now, we only have, <laughs> now, obviously, we only have 10 days left or 11 days, whatever it is of the month but obviously slightly less of trading days if we can get anywhere up, up to that kind of halfway point i think that would be really really good for the months to come and obviously hopefully we can kind of push up kind of like i said with the trend line but i just want to see i just wanted to see what your guys thoughts were on that kind of candle projection um having that hammer on the monthly would would that really kind of accelerate your thoughts for the future months if we got a close above the halfway point of the of you know where we're at now, then yeah, I would I would feel like that would be a nice setup showing that we had profit taking come in, and then when we got back down to levels, buyers stepped in and taking advantage of those prices. Yeah, I mean, and the volume is still there, isn't it? It really is, um, yeah. But on the on the downside, if you if you go lower than the previous calendar, then that's like a bearish engulfing, isn't it? So that's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's not quite a bearish engulfing, but it's not great for future momentum. Okay, any thoughts on NEO? Um, if, if you notice, right, NEO is also a high beta stock, right? And all these high beta stocks like Palantir, NEO, SoFi, even Square or Affirm, and they're just ton of stocks like that. And I just came, these came on my mind. Um, pretty much they have a very similar pattern, right? All of them had a big run-up, a lot of profit-taking, you know, by selling off. And now, as the market kind of readjusts itself to see how the August and September months, you know, pile up, and especially I think we are waiting for this NVIDIA um, trade to happen. On the option side, you know, you still see the put-to-call options for these high beta stocks and more favored on the call side. 
So it's like 0 0.59, 0 0.69, 0 0.52 for the following three weeks. So by options chain, you cannot predict that this stock is going to get further down. But, you know, I think I, I do agree with that hammer candle. I mean, it definitely is a bullish sign, but we'll also have to see, you know, how it plays out and, and we, whether it is rejected or not from the from the next couple trading week trading days. Yeah, and that's why I brought this uh, this kind of long term view up for this stock, particularly just because lots of people, obviously on Twitter, when things get emotional, of course, in the stock market, it happens all the time. But if you just take a step back and look at the weekly, the monthly, if you look at it like this, it doesn't look too bad, at least in my opinion. And um, yes, we've had a couple of rough weeks, of course, but we're still above some key levels. We're still above a couple of moving averages, so it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and and I think what ends up happening, I think I'll go back to the psychology again for here for a second. And I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of time. I think what ends up happening is uh, uh, investors, they confuse themselves as traders. But they, they, they forget that actually there are traders who don't really care that a stock is going to go to the moon. They have their defined price targets where they're going to take the profit. They have their stop loss defined, so they are going to get out of the trade. And, and that's how it works. But I know that there are communities, uh, trade, you know, investing communities that, you know, folks just pile up on a stock and they think, oh, it's going to go to the moon. But you also have to realize that there are traders who actually trade this for their living and they are going to sell out to take profits out, whether it's, uh, you know, institutional traders or retail traders like us or anybody. Yeah, and that's what creates the movement of the stock market, isn't it? Yeah, that's what makes a market. I love it. I will say that um, the the macroeconomic news has been brutal. My timing couldn't be worse, Sean. But yeah, are you still in it, or I am. I am absolutely, and I and I took a a smaller position initially. So when it finds some footing, um, because I was hoping, I thought we were catching some footing there at thirteen twenty two, and uh, but nope. And <laughs> so. Uh, if it finds some footing here again, I might be adding to the position, to be honest. Just depends on how things go. On the on the daily candles, we're below the 50-day, which is something I want to see how it acts and if it can recover and get back above it. Um, so, yeah, still in the position for sure. Yeah, and there's lots of things going on with China as well, so might keep an eye on that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. keep it rolling. Fantastic. Yeah, now this one is obviously Palantir. Again, I've stuck with the weekly chart, taking a little bit of a step back here. Um, we can see some aggressive selling that's been happening in, in the last couple of weeks, basically, almost three weeks, actually, to be fair, for those last three-week candles. Definitely great, in my opinion. Uh, but we can see that the, the kind of call-outs that I've put there of the 125%, which is where we're currently at, that's a year-to-date. So we're still currently 125% up year-to-date for Palantir. <laughs> And oh, um, just for fun, I know, right? It's, it's really impressive. And then people were crying about it going down, but <laughs> it's <not laughs> that. we've just talked about that. Um, but yeah, we can see obviously a, a kind of trend line. It's not really a trend line, it's just kind of a more projection if we kind of go in this general direction. And um, towards the end of the year, it, it could be around 165%, which is just unheard of for particular stocks, of course. Uh, but generally, back to the chart, a bit more constructive data I want to talk about here is we're kind of looking at this 15, uh, thir sorry, no, 1350 level, um, which is where we just kind of bounced off on Friday. Um, and that kind of came in quite nicely with the 20 moving average as well. It's a little bit lower, but it is kind of creeping up there on the weekly, which I think is really good for the kind of stock moving forward. Obviously, the, the clients are growing, etc., the revenue as well, and they're still get profitable. So the things are still going well for the company. Um, the reason I'm talking about the company as, like, as it is is because I'm looking at it for more long term, of course. 
Um, we have a little projection here as well, the 50 week moving average, but I've drawn a little bit of a line. It's not the straightest line, but it's a little bit of a wiggly line kind of coming up there. And that's kind of coming around that eight, uh, 1180 level. Um, and that would be quite nice if we can see that in the coming months, just to bring that up, give us a bit of extra security for the for long-term prospects of Palantir. But that's what I see for this chart. I um, just want to take a bit of a step back, um, take away some of the indicators and just talk about it generally. Is there anything you want to chip in here with, with Nate? Yeah, the 20 day or 20 week moving up at the 1350 um, level that you've got noted there, you know, two points of confluence. I like it. Yeah. 125% I like a lot more. <laughs> um, and if we can return to 165, that sounds fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's that's really nice to see. Actually, I pulled out, uh, pulled back to look at the uh, weekly candles for, for Palantir. So thanks for pulling this up. Um, the volume, I just keep looking at the bottom of the chart, and it's just been insane. Um, ever since the big push, it continues to have high volume. So exactly. I think that that means there's a lot of interest. Even as people are selling, you've got buyers coming in and picking up additional shares. Just not as many of them recently. So this is one of the things I actually like to do when the market turns red. I just take a step back a little bit more. Um, especially with the kind of swing trades that I'm in, you know, I've taken some gains, of course, and they're kind of they're coming back down to reality. And I'm, I kind of take a step back and look at those charts and think, okay, well, what's what's really happening? Um, so that, that's what I do again with SoFi, as you mentioned earlier. Okay, these things happen. You know, you've got, these are traders at the end of the day; they're, they're making the market move. But yeah, that's that's what kind of what I do when the market goes red. I kind of just take a step back and just really think about what I'm doing, essentially. So that's a great time to be. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. You know, honestly, I think um, when the market turns red uh, for a couple of weeks, you know, people start, you know, panicking. And I think you shouldn't panic. And the, it will happen. It's just a cycle, right? It just repeats itself every single time. You just got to get used to it. Yeah, it's worse with stocks as well. So if you're trading stocks and you've got a portfolio of four to five stocks, you know, the general guy in, in America or whatever has a four to five stock portfolio. And obviously those stocks come down 20, 30%, not three to 4% like the spine QQ. So the emotions really start kicking in then. Exactly. That's when you've got to watch out. I tell you what, I have a savvy trader account that I've got exactly that seven, eight stocks in. And um, when they, they were pushing up higher and everything is going great, a lot of new subscribers, a lot of people excited. And then uh, the past two weeks, I've had a few unsubscribes <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, they're pulling back and it doesn't look good when it's down 10% in, a, you know, two weeks or whatever. Um, it just doesn't feel great, right? But uh, when you've been up already, I think I was up 64%, I think, at the peak for the year in that account. So, you know, you give the good and the bad, and I, I love the idea of zooming out there, Sean. It's good and stuff. We have a comment from Two Hawk Meteor, right? The red market is usually the time you realize how diversified you should have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very well said. I love it. Yeah, All right. Nice. So, so that concludes my set. So I obviously hand over to you, Nate. Thanks, Sean. Thank yeah, and I've got NVIDIA here because of the earnings this week and because I have been loading up in the I say loading up. I mean, it's not like a huge percentage of my portfolio, but I've added to uh, the semiconductor space uh, tickers ON, uh, MRVL, so on semiconductor and Marvel in particular, Rambus, RMBS, another name, um, all in the space. And the reason I like them is because of where they're positioned and also NVIDIA reporting this week. I think that in the way that NVIDIA has been acting, uh, as far as just looking at the chart, technically speaking, 
it could be set up nicely for you know heading into earnings. Uh, held above 420 last week, Friday it dipped below, less than 40 minutes is below that that mark, and then just marched all the way back up uh, to you know where it closed at 432.99, a penny shy of 433. Um, so I really like that action. Uh, if the 420 level continues to hold Monday, Tuesday, heading into Wednesday's earnings. I actually wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, a push up above 450 as we head into earnings as people get optimistic. Um, that all being said, um, I do not like trading options um, into earnings here. If you, I don't like owning them, I should say. So uh, because of the high implied volatility, you can see, or actually, I don't think I have it on this particular chart, um, but the the implied volatility for NVIDIA and for the semiconductor spot uh, stocks across the board is really high. So pushes options prices up and it makes it expensive to make a trade. Um, if you are looking to trade it with options, I like using a call spread, uh, meaning you're buying at whatever strike price, for example, here, 420 strike price might be optimal or 430. And then you sell maybe the 480, which is what I've got as the top of the range. And you collect back some of that cost um, that you've put out there for your initial buy. Um, it caps your range for trading the op. And, and so, you know, if NVIDIA runs above 480, your gains stop and the shares just keep running. Um, but it also reduces your costs and the potential for risk. Because of course, if earnings don't go the way we want and it reverses, that uh, that spread, call spread um, would, not, would effectively go to zero or very close to it. So higher risk reward in that respect. I like, that's why I'm, I'm looking at these other names in the space that are a little bit less expensive and using either trading the shares or trading the uh, options at a little bit less of a, a cost to the overall budget in the portfolio. Is that something you do, Kay? You ever look at other names in the same space and, oh, yeah. and trade uh, alongside? Absolutely. Like, because I mostly sell options. Um, I, I like to use, you know, credit spreads or debit spreads, but I, I use it very judiciously. Um, so, for me, I cannot sell a cash secured put on NVIDIA. It's just, you know, it's like it will A couple go. dollars. Exactly. A <laughs> lot of dollars. Um, so I think I definitely do that. And, and in, in semiconductor space, there's actually a lot of options, right? You have AMD, you right. have, uh, which is a decent price right now. I think 106 or something like that. 105, 106. So that's a good one. You have Intel. A lot of people don't talk about Intel. We cover Intel a lot on this channel. We haven't covered in the last couple weeks or so but intel is a good price point you can check you also have the etf i think you cover etf a lot on the um you talk about the on semiconductor so as long as you're in this semiconductor space i think you can use uh to leverage especially when the ai if the if you get an ai run you will get an ai run in amd also it's just how the market will move well i have here in the top left i kind of glossed over it the weekly candles for smh and yeah. they're bouncing right off of the 20 day the candle doesn't look great because it does have a long upper wick um, because of the selling last week, but holding above the 20 day, you know, coming down for a nice bounce right into earnings for NVIDIA. Um, does that look like a nice setup to you, Sean? It does, but I think people might get fooled about the last massive move it, it touched on the, on the 20 moving average there. And that was the last earnings, right? Because it looks kind of roughly the kind of three, three really and a half months worth of data there. Yep. Um, so that could be the complete opposite direction if NVIDIA posted like terrible earnings to, um, as an example. But generally, um, looking at the NVIDIA chart on the daily there, the higher low, I don't know if you mentioned that. I don't know if I caught that, but there's a little bit of a higher low there. 
No, that's a good call. I did not mention that. On the 420 line. So that's yeah. uh, something to look forward to in the next couple of days. If, if you're trading before earnings, of course, not through earnings. Yeah. No, I didn't even mention that. And I think that's a great call out as well. So trading ahead of earnings is super risky. Um, and, you know, like you said, John, it could sell off and go the wrong direction. Um, the reward could be massive and could pay off nicely. So it depends on what style of trader you are and what you're looking for. Um, another way to trade it is selling call options or cash secured puts uh, ahead of these earnings plays and allow the implied volatility crush to come down and you basically capture gains. And even if the shares move up or move down in the direction that you wouldn't want them to necessarily, all that implied volatility dropping off actually helps you, you know, kind of maintain the price level or you know, reduce any uh, risk of losses. So it's a nice way to trade. Selling options is not what everybody does, but Kay and I talk about it often. So if you guys are interested in that, be sure to send us a message and uh, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel because we'll be talking more about it in the future as well. And, and Nate, before you jump on to the next one, let me just add yeah. a couple of uh, color to NVIDIA over here, right? I love it. Last quarter, NVIDIA's actual revenue was $7.19 billion. This time, we have 34 up revisions and they are expecting the revenue to come out about $11 billion. That's a $4 billion increment. And I think most of the increment is tied up with the AI hype. That's number one. And number two point that you should be careful is NVIDIA on average moves about 6.7% or 6.9%. Um, the up plus or minus. So based on the current stock price, you do the math yourself. And that is the range that you can pretty much target if you want to, you know, uh, play earnings play. But generally earnings, especially when it comes to any hype kind of a momentum, I think I, I would stay away from it. If it's just a general earnings, because a $4 billion upswing, anything goes wrong over there, you will see a major sell-off on NVIDIA. Yeah, it's uh, 25% last time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was 25%. <laughs> It's year to date, it's up 200% NVIDIA. Yeah, but the swing on earnings is 25%, yeah. which I'm saying, versus the 6 to 7%, which that's on average. And that's I on think, average, yeah. They take yeah. it for last, like, you know, a lot, a uh, couple earnings. But that's why you also have to see that the ex the real revenue they brought last quarter and this quarter, there's a $4 billion. This company, this is not Apple, that, you know, you make billion, $35, 30000000000 billion a quarter you're bringing in. That's a substantial upswing they're expecting in the revenue side. And then they need to continue with strong guidance. I mean, exactly. if they pull back on guidance at all, uh, it's a very precarious spot. Exactly. Every time we talk about these revenue numbers, I think of the rounding errors in the movie Office uh, Office Space. Just just a rounding error of $11 billion. I'll take that. Anyways. All right. Moving along. We've got Mara, Marathon Digital in the crypto space. Oh, how the fall, it's fallen from glory. Uh, it's, it was so nice. And now look at this chart, just so ugly. Um, that being said, it's still squarely on my radar because I'm looking for another trading opportunity. Um, I don't see one right now other than shorting it, to be honest. Um, Bitcoin's dropped back down below 27K, which definitely is influencing the price of this stock. And I think we're heading back down to this consolidation zone. At the top end of the range with 150-day moving average sliding in there, I think between 1025 and 1075, if we can get some support, that might actually be a nice place for 
um, you know, to consolidate and bounce another kind of landing spot. Um, if it doesn't find that, I expect it to drop all the way back to 850. And I would really be looking for support there. Um, but it all depends on our friend Bitcoin and how much that influences uh, ticker M-A-R-A here, Marathon. Um, only other thing on the chart I wanted to point out is earlier when we had this big breakout, something that I look for, it's a pattern. And so amid all of this negativity with Marathon, I wanted to point out something positive. And so you see I highlighted the ATR in the bottom of the screen here. Or actually, you can't see it because K is in the way. K, I got to get you out of the way. One second. All right, there he goes. So we've got the blue box there. Uh, it should be blue, bluish gray on the ATR, average true range. And what that's signifying is this drop in the daily trading range of the stock. And, it can, and that steady decline means that the range is tightening up. And so any dips are really being bought up quickly. And you're not seeing, you know, an allowance for big selling to take place. You're not seeing big push up, but you're not seeing any selling off either. So that tightening of a, of a trading range followed by a big spike in volume, which is exactly what you see there in the, you move up the chart and see the blue arrow pointing to, um, that big spike in volume, almost twice what it was during the tightening in that trading range, um, if not more, um, and then continued uh, push up with continued high volume. That's a nice signal to get in on a trade for more upside. It, it's not a guarantee. Nothing is, of course. But um, what it's signaling is a big money buyer coming in and initially making his buys, which is tightening up, you know, the, the range leading into that big push. And then you can see the continuation higher all the way up, to, you know, moved a, a quick double from 10 to 20 or nearly 20 in a matter of a few weeks. So that's a setup that happened with Mara. It's always easy to look in the rear view mirror, but something that hopefully we can take away and maybe see in, in other trades. Um, any, I talked a lot about marathon here. Anything you'd add, Sean? Um, just to put us back on the screen, that'd be great. And, um, <laughs> no. and then, all right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick question: Would you be able to use the ATR on smaller time frames, or you just use it on the daily? I personally only use frame. it on the daily, but uh, I can imagine you, you could definitely put it to use on this on the smaller time frames. Yeah, yeah. It's just, the concept itself is really just a matter of holding that um, support level buying up any of the selling going on and tightening yeah. up that range. So yeah, I could see it applied in a shorter term time frame. Be interested if you try that out. Yeah, I'll let you know. I've written down in my notes, so I'm looking forward to trying that. Here we go again. So, testing each other out. So ATR, right? Can you can you just guys walk me through on the ATR uh this indicator that you have? Yeah. So ATR is just describing the average trading range. And since I'm on the daily candle, it's saying you know, for example, right now it's at 1.2. So a dollar twenty is the daily high and low range as over the last. I've got this set for 14 trading days. Okay. So you can see the stock sold off, had huge gaps, and has really extended that ATR and pushed it up much higher. Um, all you know, even going back through the buying, there's huge candles there. Um, so yeah, it, it's really extended all the way up to a dollar 40 a day from the high to low again that's not open to close it's high to low for the high entire time. day okay Got and it. um yeah so if it tightens up here again maybe that'll be an indication of some consolidation going on i see i see 
it's really though the combination k of that atr shrinking like that you get that nice like quick slope that i uh, highlighted and then followed by a big spike in volume to the upside got it if you see it to the downside i suppose it's a nice short but um i don't think i've traded it that way you know i think the funny part about the mara chart is and you'll probably see the next two charts that i have it's very similar this interesting go up and then you started to see a falling knife uh, from most of the stocks that we have all right, well, let's take a look. That's, that's a nice segue, Kay. Perfect. What, what so you got first, so the first one is a firm, and um, this is there's not a trade idea, but I still wanted to bring it up because they're reporting earnings. Now, generally with a firm, uh, it's the stock is up almost sixty percent year to date. So, just like your Palantir, Sofis of the world, the firm is also into the fintech space. For for those who are familiar with the stock. Is in the BNPL space. It's um, you know, they call it the 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 BNPL king. But <clears throat> Square is also in BNPL space, and I personally am not a big fan of BNPL because any fintech company like SoFi or uh, Apple, they have they can Apple has their own BNPL, uh, but SoFi can come up with their own BNPL. Each right. banks have their own BNPL. American Express has BNPL. So I, I just don't find this stock to be, but it 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 has a lot of fan base there. And for some reason, I, I just don't get that. Maybe maybe I'm just not getting the 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 uh, the enticing part about the stock. So I'm not a hater on the stock, but as the trade as the earnings season is coming up, it's a the valuations are out of the world again for the stock as usual because it had this massive run up that you can see in the in the last couple of weeks or so. These are daily candles, but in the couple of weeks they are up six sixty uh, percent. Um, I. Generally, this stock moves around, let me just pull up the numbers here, about 17.5% on the earnings plus minus. So if you're trading it, I, I would keep that, you know, maybe 18%. They are expected to have a lesser loss compared to last quarter. So I'm not really doing a technical analysis on this one because I'm not getting into the trade. I, I don't want to trade earnings specifically on stocks that I don't want to own. Um but what do you guys see from this chart? The, it looks pretty ugly. I could see it dropping all the way down to, I think, the 1155 uh, range. That would be if it falls. But it we could see, but we saw the Friday, like like you talked about Friday, we had a lot of buyers coming in. Problem is the volume is also dying down. And that is what I don't really like with the stocks when the volume starts dying down. And when the earning comes up, the volume just spikes from all the way, you know, like you get a massive surge on the earnings day or the post earnings. Uh, but that's how I, I'm not going to be touching the stock. I'm just watching it. And I wanted to share with you guys. What do you guys see from this chart? So I see two things. I see a nice kind of support around the 200 moving average. So we can kind of see it played around there. Um, Mid-July-ish, I think. Um, so it played around there, but it also bounced a little bit before that as well. So I think if this level holds up, it could be quite good for the stock. And if you get positive earnings, of course, we can move up. But you also see a double top mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of taken place. And um, if we do break that really kind of strong support of 200 I just mentioned, then, yeah, I think your, your 1180 suggestion or not suggestion, but a kind of not notification there would, would be kind of on, on, on point there. I think, yeah, I agree with you, Sean. And I think that this is one of those spots where earnings might be a really nice setup for a post-earnings trade. So what I mean is um, 
if earnings are great and this bounces off of the 200-day moving average, which is right around that $14, $13.95 support level, then I would expect more upside to follow and maybe a retest and trying to get back up towards 19, $19.50 again. Um, but if earnings are poor, guidance is poor, and it breaks below the 200-day, then I would think that selling off further might be you know, a higher probability and taking a short position would make a lot of sense. So, you know, see which way it breaks off of earnings. If it just kind of holds where it's at and moves sideways and actually doesn't move, then, you know, maybe no trade at all. But that's how I would approach it. Mm. Um, I will say one other note here. I completely can't stand the buy now, pay later stuff. And so I have this like massive bias to want to short all of these kind of stocks. And it's really good to use charts to, you know, try to wipe out the bias. Because if I just look at this and then, you know, exactly how we've described it and there was no earnings, I would actually be more inclined to look for a bounce here and play for more upside. Right. Um, but yeah, I, that's not what my bias is. Yeah. No, and also, friend. I don't know if you guys saw that the, we actually have the 20 day crossing over the 50 day uh, moving average right at the top. It's right there. Right there. So it could also signal a short term sell off. But again, all that will depend on how the earning plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's, you can't talk about technicals really um, going into earnings at all. We've mentioned it a lot on this channel before. It's, um, it's almost not in void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Post earnings, post earnings. What else do you have, Kay? All right. So this one is interesting. I think we also, uh, this is Square. This is also, they also have a play in the buy now, pay later, but this is not primarily the BNPL. They are into selling, you know, software and the hardware to merchants. So that's what, so I, I'm liking Square. Now, the reason I'm liking Square at these levels is a couple folds, right? One from a trading standpoint and one from investing standpoint. So from a long-term portfolio, you know, this stock used to be at the $200 level. It, it has lost its luster now back down to, you know, trading at like 56. I was expecting that we would be able to bounce off the 59, but that was what we were planning, hoping last week, but it just continued to have uh, uh, the selling pressure across, you know, how we have seen, you know, in the QQQ and with all the high beta stocks. Again, this is not a profitable company yet. PayPal is. And we are seeing how it is also being dragged down based on the PayPal. They had very good earnings. It's the earnings was pretty good. Now the 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 good thing is this that the on the Friday again, very similar to your other charts, Friday has a strong buyer stepping in here. Um, so I am personally looking, and then we have this bearish signal though on the on the stock here. I don't know if it's very hard to see, but we have this twenty day you know, crossover with the 200-day moving average. And then if the trend continues downwards, you will have the death cross of 50-day crossing over the 200 as well. Not looking good, exactly. It's not looking good if you are doing trading unless you're shorting. But from an investing standpoint, these are the signals that you can take to build onto your, you know, long-term position. So you can DCA as you go through it. Um, I will stay away from the, I mean, I already have options position open, so I will continue to sell covered calls at the money because I have a much lower cost basis, but I would not open a new CSP at these levels because we could see a further decline on the monthly chart. As you can see, this was a, this big gap up. And then you had this big gap down pretty much. This was pure uh, uh, profit taking 
happening at Square. And currently, I think this support level that I have drawn, I can't see it myself. Can you guys see what is it? 55, 53, 53, something like that. That is it. That I believe could be a support level for Square to bounce off. If it doesn't respect that, then you could see all the way heading down to 5134 from the all time lows. And again, 5353 there. 5353, exactly. So if that happens, for investors, this is a time you DCA into the position if you want to own Square for a long term. So this could be a good trade setup also because you're going to now start grabbing these shares at much lower price as opposed to when it would run up. And again, high beta stocks will always give you the option when they have when they will have a run up, you will be able to you know make a decent killing out of it. it does look like it's in the oversold territory a bit there, and yeah. at the bottom it's of the range. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else did you say, Sean? Well, I was just saying, I was, I was going to say, the RSI down the bottom there. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, a long-term investing kind of mindset. Yeah, okay. I think it, it it sets up nicely exactly for that. Not a short-term, this coming week is going to necessarily be positive, but we're at the bottom of the range. And I like that, that insert you got there to kind of highlight that. I like the um, on the monthly, you've got the, the kind of higher low that we've kind of set there as well. So you've got one all the way back on the left side of the chart, one in the middle. And I know the wick goes down, but the actual closing price finished above that previous low. So I think that's good from a, from a longer term perspective, in my opinion, definitely. Yeah. Actually, there was there was two, two candles, two wicks bounced off and then one candle touched. So that's why I think that that 50, 53, 53, it could be a few cents off here and there if you draw a longer trend, if you draw a longer support line. But at the 53, that will be a good uh, place to see if it bounces off from that level. If not, then mm. you could see the 51 lows uh, from the earlier this year. We will have to yeah. see. It's going to be interesting. And that is our charts this week. Real quick before we get to the wrap-up at the end, do want to remind everybody to subscribe to the channel and hit the like button. And thanks for tuning in every week. We'll be here on Sundays, and here's a few other spots you can catch each of us. You know, I'm on Twitter at Trader Nate here. Um, you can also find me on Substack. I've got a newsletter uh, every Sunday. It drops a trader's education, and then a community of traders at TNT Trading on via Patreon, actually a Discord server that I run. And then uh, Sean, yeah, we've got you, Sean Clark, on Twitter or X. I should be calling it X. I'm, it's going to take me a minute, guys. That's why I put slash. So. Um, <laughs> It's funny, know. you put the slash and I still just read Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, find us on X. You got at Sean Clark and underscore. He's also on Substack writing under Sean Trades and on YouTube. Fantastic YouTube channel. If you haven't caught it, a lot of great stuff, especially around Neo. I got a lot of great info on Neo, but a lot of great trading info on that channel. And then Kay, also on X and Twitter at InvestK. And then he's got a newsletter, Invest for Tomorrow, and then Invest for Tomorrow again on YouTube. His channel also excellent on YouTube. So check it out if you haven't already. A lot of great trading information there and a lot of names that you'll be familiar with and want to get good info on on all of these channels. So guys, another great week. Uh, really appreciate you taking some time and sharing your ideas. And uh, you know, for me heading into next week, the biggest thing, uh, the forefront of my mind is it's been kind of choppy and difficult and it can really take a toll on your emotions. So I, I like that, Sean, you, you took a zoomed out approach this week and really get a broader perspective. 
I think that's smart, getting different perspectives, slow down your trading if you need to. And then if you do see those opportunities and you're not feeling timid, you know, you've, you've made the plan, take advantage of it and get in. Um, these are There's some really nice opportunities out there right now. They may not play out. That's why we have stop loss levels and discipline. Um, but yeah, these, these are the times where you can really make some money. So uh, I wish everybody a lot of luck out there. And uh, Sean, what would you add this week as we wrap up? Uh, just a little bit more on what you just said there. I mean, taking a step back, looking at your longer term positions, um, well, longer term stocks, should I say, and then just kind of not trading. That's kind of what I do. If if I see a particular red day, I'm, I'm a bit more of a bullish trader, as you guys know, and now the viewer knows. <laughs> but yeah, I just if it's a red day and I'm particularly thinking, uh, nah, I'm just going to leave it. I'm not going to try and find the bottom. Catching a falling knife is impossible. You can't do it. You think you can at first, but you cannot. Trust me. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's what I had. It's almost worse when you finally catch one, and you're like, "Yeah, I can <laughs> do this." And then, oh, yeah, I, I've been through this that that routine where I was like, "Oh, I caught the bottom. I know what I'm doing." Yeah, and, stick uh, to your patterns, stick to your setups, and yeah. stick to your trading plan. At the end of the day, good stuff. And I love the the new setup there, Sean. Looks good. Yeah, it's lovely. Furry walls. <laughs> good stuff. Kay, what would you add as we wrap up? No, I think uh, you guys covered it pretty well. Um, I, I think these are the times when you have retracements is when you add to your long-term position. You know, you are a trader, but you're also an investor. So keep that, you know, in the back of your mind. The weeks that you can't trade because the market is red, then you can always, you know, buy stocks. Love it. You guys appreciate it again. Another great week. Looking forward to some great opportunities in the coming week. Be sure to check out, check out Sean and Kay on their channels. As I mentioned, subscribe to this channel and hit the like button. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. And, and get us to 100 subscribers. All right, yes, take care. we're so close. 100 subscribers. So Have a good week, guys.